God can get angry. It's a righteous anger. God's anger is for our good. You know, usually when we get angry, somebody ends up toting one. But God's anger is for our good. It is. here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on. And I trust the Lord's going to bless you in a very meaningful way as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to enter part two of a series that we began last week. It deals with the issue of the spirit of Elijah. This is a very timely, a very important, a very significant teaching for you. And I trust that you'll get a hold of this. As we said at the outset of the program, the intro to the program, we mentioned the fact that God can get angry. Now listen, I don't want to be misunderstood. God is love. That's who He is. That's His very constitution. But He can become angry. Now the difference between God's anger and our anger is that God's anger is a righteous anger. A righteous anger. And His anger is for our good. Sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? Is that true? Is God's anger for our own good? I believe that it is, and we're going to talk about that more as we get into the teaching. Our text passage is taken out of 1 Kings chapter 17. That's where we learn about old Elijah. But I want to read another verse, one of the marginal verses in your hearing as we get into this teaching at this time. And it's found in the book of Romans, if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 1, which is a very, very important chapter for us in this day and age. Romans chapter 1. Uh, let's see around verse 32. The New Living Translation puts it this way. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Wow. He continues. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. Romans chapter 1. Let me pray for you. We're going to jump right on into this teaching. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned us on right now by whatever means. And I pray that by your word, your eternal word, you would speak to the hearts of the men and women and boys and girls that's listening. Lord, change us from the inside out. Help us to discover your purpose. Help us to know and understand that you are love, but that you can become angry. And when you do, it's for a reason. It's for our own good. Help us with this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up, and uh, we'll talk it over before we do. God bless. Let me uh, just share with you by way of introduction a little summary from part one. And uh, try to be as brief as I can with this and uh, as, without being overly sketchy, but I think it's really important to catch you up on this. I introduced you last week to one of the many kings, one of the many, many kings of ancient Israel. This particular one happened to be named Ahab. And if you back up to chapter 16 
In verse number 30, we read this, 1 Kings 16:30. Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. And I suggested to you, it is the Lord who determines what is right and what is evil. That's not up to youth uh, and meeth. In chapter 16, verse 31, we also read that Ahab married Jezebel. I said to you, the problem is not that he married, but rather who it was that he chose. Jezebel was the daughter of a king. She was also the daughter of one who was a priest. He wasn't a king of the Lord God. He wasn't a priest of the Lord God, but rather a king and a priest of Baal. So suffice it to say, Jezebel was born and bred to be a worshiper of a foreign God. Everybody say foreign God. So look at verse 31, the latter part of verse 31 of chapter 16. Ahab began, he was not, but he began to serve Baal and worship him. Watch this. In our modern day America, the average person of voting age would say, so he worshiped Baal. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? I'm at number one on your study notes. I want you to catch this. Beloved, there is only one capital G God. Only one. Now that goes over like a lead balloon in many circles today, but it's the truth. And you need to know this. Only one capital G God and that God, the Lord God Almighty, the God of the Bible, expressly told his people to stay away from foreign marriages. And people are always wondering, well, why, why, why? Beloved, if you look at the life of Ahab and Jezebel, it will explain it to you. This is the classic reason why. Now, I threw this in last week. It was hot off the press. You didn't get it on your notes. It wasn't on the screen, but I felt impressed to come back to it this morning because it is under the new covenant and is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 14. Listen to what the Word of God says. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Why, pastor? Why? That's what I want to do. He asked, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Everybody say nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Everybody say none. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What in the world is a Belial, Pastor Terry? Well, it sounds like big liar to me. In the Hebrew, the word means utterly worthless, utterly worthless. He's talking about Satan, talking about the devil. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Everybody say nothing. And then the first part of verse 16, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Say none. None. Now. This is beginning to get to the core of what I have felt impressed to impress upon you. Jezebel 
is key in understanding what I am ultimately attempting to teach you or to say to you by this teaching, by this series. I'm at number two on your study notes already. Fill this in with me. Beloved, her demeanor, her actions, her behavior, her attitude, when manifest in and through other persons, ends itself, or lends itself rather, lends itself to what I am calling the Jezebel spirit. Now, I'm not the first one that come up with that, but I believe that it lends itself to the Jezebel spirit. This spirit, the Jezebel spirit, is characterized for us over in the book of Revelation. Last book in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 2. Look at this, verse number 20. By her teaching. Let me pause there. I want you to catch this. By her teaching, what she was putting forth. She, Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, misleads my servants, watch this, misleads them into what, Pastor Terry? Number one, sexual immorality. And secondly, the eating of food, sacrifice to idols, which sounds pretty innocuous to us. But listen, both of these things, sexual immorality and eating food offered to idols, both of these things infer Baal or idol worship. Now, these actions are repugnant to God. Does that mean anything to you? These actions are repugnant to God. And the indictment in Revelation 2, and I went into more detail here last week, but I'm just summarizing still a little bit. The indictment is that some persons, everybody say some persons, some persons tolerate this very spirit. They tolerate that which God holds to be repugnant. And by such, this actually condones and endorses that which God holds to be repugnant. Are you tracking with me so far? It reminds me of Romans chapter 1 and verse number 32. It will magically appear on the screen. Listen to this. And it's talking in particular about people who have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They know God's justice. This is from the New Living Translation. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things exchange the truth for a lie. Those who do these things deserve to die. That's what God said. Yet, they do them anyways. Look at the latter part. That's what I wanted you to see. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. I hear quite often today people talk about a certain sin or a certain activity. They say, well, it's, it's not bothering me. So, you know, why should I say anything about it? You understand when you say, it doesn't bother me. Why should I do anything about it? That in essence, you are condoning that. I don't don't know about that, Pastor. Perhaps you haven't had a chance to think about it as long as I have. As born-again, Spirit-filled followers of Jesus, I believe and I teach to you and I stand firm on this. I believe that it's God's will for you and everybody listening by way of live stream and those that won't even hear it. It's God's will that you are born again, that you experience a spiritual rebirth and you are filled with God's Holy Spirit. I believe that. 
And as born-again, spirit-filled followers of Jesus, the Word of God, the Bible is crystal clear about the attitudes and the actions that we are to put forth and what we should and should not tolerate. Headed to number three on your notes. It'll take me a sec to get there. But I know how slow some of you are, so you head in that direction. Listen, beloved, the lifestyle... Speaking of the spirit of Jezebel, certainly did not reflect these righteous requirements of God. It, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Now, here I am at number three. I put this before you last week, and I believe this. The majority of persons living in our country Today, living in the United States of America today, they are showing forth more of the spirit of Jezebel than the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of Holy Spirit. That is a strong statement. I stand on it. Now, the question that comes to my mind is can we do anything about this? So, Pastor Terry, you're saying the country's going to hell in a handbasket, in a matter of speaking. Is, is there anything we can do about this? Perhaps a better question for us to, uh, to ponder is, should we do anything about this? Perhaps a better question is, do you have a dog in this hunt? Perhaps the ultimate question is, what should I do about this? And how do we do it? I'm going to answer that. I'm going to attempt to answer that by introducing to you a prophet that was sent from God. A prophet sent from God. You know, it has been my experience that typically when God desires to express himself to a people, a person, or a group of people, he does so by the mouth of a chosen messenger, typically. And quite frequently, not all the time, but quite frequently, he does that through a prophet. This particular prophet that I'm talking about has a name, and his name is Elijah. That is significant, and that very name means, watch this, the very name means, my God is Yahweh, Jehovah God. That's what Elijah means. How cool is that, to be named Jehovah is my God? That's Elijah. What do we know about God's prophet, Elijah? Well, we're told in the first verse of our text passage this morning this, this will be very enlightening to you. Elijah was a prophet from Tishbe and Gilead. That's, that's on the other side of Axton. Way on the other side of Axton. That's about all we're told. Uh, he, he's first introduced to us, or although he is first introduced to us here in 1 Kings chapter 17, Many believe, many scholars, many commentators believe that he was already pretty well known by those of his contemporaries, those who lived around him or those that he lived among. That makes perfectly good sense to me for one reason. Generally speaking, a full-grown man doesn't just appear out of thin air. Are you with me? 
Number four on your study notes, beloved, Elijah embraced an opposite spirit than Jezebel. An opposite spirit than Jezebel. And this I am going to characterize as, obviously, the Elijah spirit. So we have the Jezebel spirit, and now we have the opposite, the Elijah spirit. In fact, by God's design, whose design? By God's design, Elijah would end up confronting Ahab and Jezebel over their idolatry. And what I mean by that very simply is their engagement with Baal. Watch this church. Elijah did not tolerate it. He didn't tolerate it. Rather, he verbally stood against it. I'm not talking about he was just standing there with his arms crossed, looking at him like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> He verbally stood against it. Now, I have felt impressed. By the way, this is all that I can do when I'm before you on Sunday morning. But I have felt impressed to help you see that in order for us, and I want you to know if I haven't said it recently, I am talking to you and anybody else that might be listening out there. I'm not just beating the air with some beautiful rhetoric this morning hoping you'll think I made up a good poem or something. But I'm talking to you. And I believe what I'm saying to you is coming from the Lord. Beloved, I felt impressed to, uh, to help you see that in order for us Jesus chasers to survive and thrive spiritually in today's Jezebel culture where anti-God and anti-Christ teaching is not only tolerated, but it is condoned and it is promoted. And in order to survive and thrive in that, we too are going to have to embrace an Elijah spirit. Does that make sense so far? Now, I'm not saying that you're going to have to be Elijah. What I am saying is that the spirit of Elijah will be beneficial to you and it will be beneficial as far as the furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom in this day and age in which we've been destined to live. So now, I stated just moments ago, Elijah confronted Ahab and Jezebel primarily concerning their worship of Baal. I dare say that you know much about Baal. And I'm not saying that in a condescending way. But you've got to admit, that's not a conversation that comes up around the old water cooler a lot nowadays. Am I right? And you certainly don't hear it preached on in a lot of places today because our preaching has turned from thus saith the Lord and repent to God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. And he does. And that love and that plan entails repentance and turning from your sin. Are you with me? I don't know where that come from. Well, actually, I do know where it came from. Baal worship. Let's explore just a bit about Baal. Trust me, I could stand up here and lecture to you about this for hours. 
hours. I have read about this for hours. It's not, will not be beneficial for me to stand here and talk to you about this for hours, but let's explore just a bit about it. Toward the end of, listen to this, toward the end of discovering if there are any modern day parallels. Make sense? In short, the Word of God has nothing, no thing positive to say about Baal. Does that concern you? Nothing. Go with me to Numbers chapter 25. Pastor, that's in the Old Testament. I know that. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers. It's, in, it's over there in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 25, verse 3. So, Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Baal was worshipped. Same style of worship might be a modification here and there, but it was worshipped in a lot of different areas. And often it's designated in the Scripture by the area, the particular area that they're talking about. So that's, don't get confused by the Peor thing. It's Baal worship. Look at this. And the Lord's anger burned against them. Let me see your eyeballs. God can get angry. It's a righteous anger. God's anger is for our good. You know, usually when we get angry, somebody ends up toting one. But God's anger is for our good. It is. But we're told here that the Israelites, God's chosen people that he blessed up one side and down the other, they joined in worshiping the Baal. They weren't worshiping the Baal. They were worshiping God Almighty, but they joined in worshiping the Baal, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, his spokesperson at this particular time, take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. You understand how God's anger could be turned away? Wow. Look at verse 5. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. I'd be the first to admit to you this morning, that is a stiff fine. These people have turned from the true and living God and began to worship Baal, and it made God angry, angry enough for God to say, you, we're going to kill you guys. We're going to have the, the, the judges of Israel to kill all of you. Number five on your study notes. Originally, Baal worship included such atrocities as offering up child sacrifices. This is the most hideous thing that I can imagine. And I'm not just talking about Pastor T. I'm talking about Terry E. Not in case you're wondering, that E stands for educated. This most hideous thing that I have ever heard, offering up a child as a sacrifice. I love it when I wrap it up right.
right there, and let me do so by saying this. I want to reiterate something we were uh, getting into here at the end of this particular segment, and it is this. When you worship any anything, any little trinket God, anything other than God, when you allow that become the ob- to become the object of your worship, there is a demonic force behind that. So for all intents and purposes, you're chasing after Satan. Now, this is serious business, very serious. Sometimes I hear even church folks talking like, well, yeah, I'm not doing what I should do. I'm going off after this thing, after that thing. I know I should be pursuing the Word more. I know I should be involved in the church more, but I'm doing this little thing. And it's kind of like nod, nod, wink, wink when you tell you this, like it's no big deal. It is a big deal. It's going to cost them. It's going to cost those within their sphere of influence. And it impedes the impact of the church upon the, uh, the intended target. And that is those who have yet to be born again, spirit-filled, those who have yet to become part of the forever family of God. And let me say this parenthetically. Not everyone who claims to be part of the forever family of God is that. Only those who are born anew of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and walking according to God's dictates, according to God's Word. That's why He gave us the Bible. Where are you with all of this? Are you reading the Bible? Studying the Bible? Are you chasing after the things of God? Or have you allowed for something else to come in over top of God's Word and you're chasing that instead? All along screaming that you're doing God's bidding, but you know you're not because you're doing something else other than God's bidding. My prayer for you is that you would get that straightened out. That's why I'm here is to be an encouragement to you, not to beat you up, but to build you up and to encourage you to come back to the Bible, to come back to the gospel message that is given to us in the Bible, and to pursue that with a passion. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now. I pray specifically for that one that may be chasing after some other things, and they know. They know that the channel is not clear between you and themselves. They've allowed other things to get between you and them. I pray that they would purpose and determine to repent of that, to confess that, and to enable you by Holy Spirit to remove that impediment from between you and themselves, that they might walk wholly and totally and completely in your perfect will. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, listen up. If, uh, if you've done business with God, you've confessed some impediment, you've repented of that, You'd like to share that with somebody, we'd love to hear from you. There's some contact information there on the screen. Uh, give us a holler, and uh, we'd be glad to talk to you about it and perhaps offer you some help uh, to, that you might experience continued growth in terms of the things of God, in terms of your walk with the Lord. I do want to remind you before I get out of here, my time is nearly gone, but the New Life does have an in-person worship gathering Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Note that oddball starting time. 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member 
of the family. Whether you're little bitty or you're getting uh, getting on into the golden years of your life, we'd love to see you. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. Thank you for being here with us. I trust that the Lord's spoken to your heart. We encourage you to pray for us. We encourage you to tell your friends and neighbors about the program. We encourage you to subscribe to our channel if you're listening online. It would be very, very helpful to us and hopefully helpful to you in the long haul. Again, Terry Knight, pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? No